Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It is our to the game. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, David G, Travion Berklin in studio today. 537-1350 is our phone number. And a reminder, coming up tomorrow at this time, we'll be joined by, it's the annual talk, No Stone Unturned with Eric Wolford. And in studio will be former K-State baseball coach Mike Clark. We'll be in studio to talk No Stone Unturned 24 hours from now. Uh, before we get to more on uh, Will Howard and his uh, opportunity to chase a couple of passing records uh, for K-State, this caught my attention earlier today on Twitter. It was tweeted out, McNeese men's basketball non-conference schedule for the upcoming season is interesting. <laughs> there are three, and you guys haven't seen this yet? No. No, no. So, uh, money, 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 money. No, no, it's not, it's not really that. It's not a lot of payouts? No. Uh, let's see. Let me see if they have it. Okay, big non-con games on the road. They're going to go to Virginia Commonwealth. Uh, they're at Western Carolina, at UAB, Ooh. at Michigan. That's really it. That's the road games. Yeah, VCU and Michigan would be the would be the money games at home. Check this out. At home on November tenth, they're going to be hosting College of Biblical Studies. Oh boy. Anybody want to take a guess on what their mascot is? <laughs> you would never guess it. Uh, Saints? <laughs> a, a Bible? <laughs> yeah. yeah. A Bible. That's, the, uh, that's about right. Frankincense and myrrh. They are the ambassadors. Oh, boy. Really? Come on. Really? Uh, D3? Uh, their affiliation is the NCCAA. Same as Manhattan Christian. Okay. Oh. Why is McNeese State playing them? Or McNeese? Wow. Have you tried to get a home game at McNeese? No. <laughs> it's got to be a, easier a than win, that. A home win that you can get at McNeese? Or they just need to trash somebody on their home opener. Pretty much. Jeez, the next man. game is three days later against Champion Christian. That's another program mm-hmm. I've never heard oh, of. Yeah I, yeah, I know those but guys. But they're the same level. Mm-hmm. The Champion Champions. That's what they're, they're, their mascot's a champion. Uh, not quite. Pretty close. Tigers. Ah, They're the Tigers. Mm. And then here is the real kicker. On December 5th, McNeese men's basketball will face Mississippi University for women. What? Which, believe it or not, men go to that school. <laughs> and they're on a basketball team. Yeah. Oh, They are the Owls. Goodness. They are Division Three. That is impressive. 
embarrassing, man. What is that all about? How, how, how can they not get, say, Trinity of the San Antonio area to come over for crying out loud? I mean, anybody, anybody, anybody. You got to think like Stony Brook or Vermont. Let's go. Let's play. No, they got to get the champion university. That's terrible. Listen, it, it's first of all, it's not exactly a great trip. It's Lake Charles, Louisiana, for crying out loud. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what is Manhattan Christian College's? What's their enrollment? 500. No, 300. It says undergrads here. According to the Wikipedia, is like under, under 400. Mm-hmm. I mean, it goes with College of Biblical Studies. Their enrollment is 460. Uh, Champion Christian College is 150. Damn. What? So why didn't Manhattan Christian College try to jump on there and say, I don't hey, know. we'll play This could you. be a big payday. Yeah, absolutely. They're the Thunder, right? The Manhattan Christian College, they're the Thunder, mm-hmm. I believe. Cool mascot, by the way. And yeah, why don't they call up McNeese State and go, what, are you ducking us or something? You don't want this? Thunder up, boy. Let's get, go. Get somebody out of the... Uh, well, probably not the Missouri Valley. The Ohio Valley, yeah, they might be up for a game. It's it's not much of a road trip for a College of Biblical Studies. It's just Houston over to Lake Charles. Well, I was gonna say like they're all in the area. They're not far. Like you got Hot Springs, Arkansas, wow. Mississippi. Like I said, with wow. the University for Women, uh, Champion Christian. That's Hot Springs. Jeez. Biblical Studies is uh, Houston. Yeah, the College of Women. They have a men's basketball team. And let me tell you, you laugh, but those guys are like, we're we're a ten ten team uh, ten guy team. It's ten guys and 140 women here. Okay, yeah, it's a got to go ratio, right? <laughs> I'm like, come on, give me some of the best in the country. <laughs> but keep those dorm doors open no though. If you doubt, have somebody over, you better watch it, pal. All right, so let's get to uh, what I wanted to be the big topic today. This is thanks to Casey Online, who I thought put together. This is from. Uh, from Drew Galloway that put together this like question of the week thing. I hope they run with it because this is this was fun earlier to th- really think about this. Uh, and of course, you know, this far ahead of the season, not knowing how the season unfolds, and you know, something K State's going to have maybe a top ten toughest schedule this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the topic was: Can Will Howard break the Kansas State touchdown pass record? First of all, I really want to boost Will Zigo. Uh, not only was he talked about quite a bit at Big 12 Media Days uh, by his fellow players, Coach Kleiman feels like that this could be his best year yet, which of course I agree with, and they're just scratching the surface with the offense, and I can't wait to see what they do with the offense when it comes to new wrinkles. But the question is, can Will Howard throw a record number of touchdown passes this season? The record, if you don't know, is L. Roberson in 2003 with 24 uh, second place, Michael Bishop in 98 with 23. There's a tie for third between uh, Jake Waters and Matt Miller, rest in peace, in 95. And uh, Jake Waters in 2014, who threw for 22. Now, so for the record, obviously, you got to get to 25 if you want to tie it, 24. But he's also actually just 21 touchdowns away from um, the record for most touchdown passes in a K-State career. Wow. So he'll break that record before he breaks the single season record. But I... That's not the record I want to tackle. I want to talk about single season. There's obviously a lot of things you would want to break down to really, you know, come up with your educated guess. And I've done that as well. Like, I have compared the other years and, like, what K-State had 
back in the L. Roberson days, the Michael Bishop days, who he had to throw to, how much were they running the football. I took in a lot of considerations. Really what I came down to in trying to figure out my answer is, does K-State have that kind of star power that's going to be developed in 2023? Because if you go back to 2003, L. Roberson, who threw for 24 touchdowns on 294 attempts, he had James Terry. James Terry was off the charts in 2023, but also you consider what Darren Sproles was doing. He nearly had a 2,000-yard season. Mm-hmm. Also keep in mind that that, uh, that was a 15-game season, but at the same time, L. Roberson missed two games. Mm-hmm. So he's playing just as many games as everybody else in this breakdown. Michael Bishop at Darnell McDonald and Aaron Lockett to throw to. Uh, Matt Miller. Kevin Lockett, and Mitch running. I mean, they tallied over 1,500 wow. yards yeah. receiving back in the day. And then, by the way, Jake Waters, who had the best season in 2014 of passing yards. First of all, K-State didn't have a great running game in 2014. Much better at throwing the football. Jake, Jake Waters was almost the leading rusher in 2014. He had two 1,000-yard receivers in Curry, Sexton, and Tyler Lockett. So I'll let you guys tackle this first after a breakdown, and I'll let you go with your thoughts as well. Can you see in the forecast a player like Will Howard? And, and D.Y. said it, I think, very well in the first hour. K-State's passing touchdowns record, it, when you look at the rest of the country, is not like crazy impressive. Heck, if, if Will Howard had a 27-28 passing touchdown season, th- that's probably actually nowhere close to Heisman numbers. That would be necessary for this year. Right. Caleb Williams was over 40 last year. But do you think there there is the opportunity for Will Howard to have that kind of season? I have a tough time believing it just from the aspect that there are so many unknowns as it pertains to the wide receiver core. And really where this offense is going to go after being so focused on Dar- of uh, so focused on uh, Deuce Vaughn out of the backfield as the number one option. We're going to see a different offense-ish. I mean, it's it's not I mean, there are going to be changes to it. And yes, it's going to be probably more focused on spreading the ball out more. Guys are going to have to step into those roles that we haven't seen yet or build on the limited that they've done in the past. So I think it's going to be tough to get to that mark. Or at least, you know, just assessing it right now, that's how I feel on it. So everybody that we've, like, everybody's kind of been like, it's going to happen, right? Like, the people that have we've, like, heard from, players. I know that the players on that team are really big on Big Bill Howard. They think he is something special. And... For me, I don't know why I have a hard time trusting that he's going to continue what he had started last season just because of the season before that. You know, I I don't know. I don't know. He's he's gotten – he had one pretty forgettable. And then this past season was amazing. I don't know. I don't know if you can put it together for like two seasons. I, I don't know. I just, 
Twenty four is a is a lot. Twenty five, so it'd be twenty five would be a new record, and yeah. and especially if there continues to be such an emphasis on the running the run attack. Mm-hmm. I, I know that it's possible, like you said, the two thousand three season. I mean, they just were they ran. I mean, L. Roberson had a ton of rushing yards that year too. Sure, and it's. It's hard. It's hard to go out on a limb. It really is for me. It's hard to go out on a limb and say, "Oh yeah, definitely twenty five for sure." I, I've you know we haven't ever really seen that besides you know I don't know. We we got so locked in offensively over the years to it being quarterback option uh-huh. and and quarterback keeper specifically that that was your first running choice, right? And so that plays a role in why that number has been so low in general. Colin Klein was a perfect quarterback for that, as we saw. Now, you're looking at Colin Klein as offensive coordinator, and we've talked about how different and willing to open up the offense that he appeared to be late last season. Again, who's filling those holes that give you the faith that it's going to take place and do they contribute in those spots? I have to go back to last year when Will Howard played in seven games. Mm-hmm. Do you know how many passing touchdowns he had in those seven games? He had 15. So two a game. Yeah, he's averaging two a game, and he didn't throw a touchdown in the Sugar Bowl. He did not have one against mm-hmm. Alabama, so he threw 15 in six games well, you're not going to have a bunch of Alabamas on this schedule, even though it's considered True. to be one of the toughest schedules in America in 2023. I don't see a whole lot of defenses other than maybe Texas that would be a real concern for Will Howard's passing ability. And Coach Kleiman said during Big 12 Media Days, they're looking to get the ball in, in more hands this upcoming season. So let's look at those more hands. We know Keegan Johnson has a ton of potential. He's going to be most likely a starter next to Phillip Brooks. That third wide receiver position, there'll be a battle for it. But, of course, there's still questions when it comes to how deep this wide receiver group is going to be in 2023. Ben Sennett is going to have a monster year. As I said to Deej on Monday, and it's what influenced our next segment in naming the, the tight end Mount Rushmore, I think this is a Mount Rushmore season awaiting Ben Sennett. Running backs. No more Deuce Vaughn. But man, when Will Howard took over the offense, I thought DJ Giddens really showed off what he can do in the receiving game. Mm-hmm. And Treshawn Ward, although he doesn't have like big numbers or anything like a high amount of receptions, he showed at Florida State that he can be used in the passing game. So you maybe don't have talent like a Tyler Lockett, like a Kevin Lockett, like a Mitch Running, like a James Terry that'll put up these monster numbers, but you have a lot of reliable hands. And if one drops, you still have plenty of options because guys are going to get banged up. Things are going to change as the season goes. But Will Howard also proved to us that he's not – afraid to take a risk mm-hmm. or try to fit a football in a tight window. Mm-hmm. He had a bunch of touchdowns last year that he's he shows he can be uh, mobile and throw the deep ball perfectly into the end zone. We saw a couple of those with Cade Warner last year that were just yeah. beautiful footballs and maybe more impressive catches yeah. than anything. 
also, as I mentioned earlier, the way he can be mobile and he can just move his hips real quick, get set right real quick. A righty who's moving to the left gets set real quick in a split second and throw the deep ball perfectly. The accuracy in the arm really impressed me last year. Mm-hmm. So if you put all that together, I say, why not? Mm. I say, absolutely, this kid can do it. Especially when he was on pace, if he would have played a full year, to have 28-29 throwing touchdowns. I think this can absolutely happen. DG know. disagrees I, with me. I do. I do. I do. Like we talked about, I mean, Keegan Johnson, He, I, I mean, he looks amazing on film. He really pops. I don't know a thing about him. You know, I don't know. Philip Brooks has, is like, is is he as, as strong a receiver as he is a kick returner, putt returner? No. I'm not trying to slight this guy, but he's just not. Third receiver, don't know. Ben Sennett. If I was anybody in the Big 12, I would say 34, we're taking him out of the game. We're going to chip him. We're going to we're gonna make sure to put a body on him. We're going to put two people on him. Shut that down and make us run the football. Not saying that Will Howard not, isn't fantastic. He's a, he, What he showed last season was a, was a breath, breath of fresh air. Mm-hmm. But I see it more like 18 or 19. 18 or 19 touchdowns, and I do see him. I, I think – I know that he wants to expand his game, but I do think he is a sneaky runner. Too. I know that he's applauding, but I think that he can do some special things, and I think we will see a lot of – a lot more running back action where if, if we're going to, like, give them the rock a, a lot. And I know that the offense – we keep talking about it. It's, oh, we're going to open it up. We're going to open it up. It's like you said – Things change, and game plans have to change too. And I, not that I don't think he's awesome, but I see more of like eighteen or nineteen. And an eighteen nineteen passing touchdown season doesn't necessarily mean this is going bad. No, because if it's eighteen or nineteen and five picks, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> you know, that's a great season. And if we, I mean, as long as we win, who cares? But. I don't I just don't know because not because of Will, but because of the personnel. I don't know anything hardly about most of them. Um even the ward, the guy from Florida said, I just don't know anything about him. I don't I really don't. Only from what I've seen online. And, you know, it would be awesome. It would be awesome for Will Howard the way things started for him to come out and get the single-season passing record and the the career passing record in one season this season would be the cherry on top. That would be awesome. I want that for him. I really want that for him. But, oh, boy. I mean, <laughs> even behind Ben Sinnott, you know, I don't know much about those guys either, the, the tight ends that are behind him. What if he gets banged up? You know, I mean, what are we looking at for pass catching guys behind him? A lot of question marks that I hope are shoved in my face by game five, where it's like, you stupid, stupid man, you should have trusted in the system. Part of it for me is, is that I've been around the game so long and I hear all of the things. It's kind of like the running gag about best shape of his life. (laughs) Yeah. During 
the offseason for baseball or for really any sport. It's kind of a running gag that you always hear how such and such player is in the best shape of his life. Every year we get to this point and every team believes that their offense is going to be great. Every team believes that their defense can be, and I've been taken in too many times. <laughs> you know, and, and so I am very skeptical, especially when you look at a team that has as much difference on offense in terms of personnel that K-State's going to have this year. You know what? Uh, if anybody at Veneer is listening to this, just take the last five minutes and give it to Will. <laughs> Listen. Don't don't play for him anything I just no. said. I'm the only one with optimism in this place. Yes. For Will. Listen, do it, Will. Prove me and this guy wrong. I Prove us wrong. I think he's a fantastic kid, and he's a good quarterback. And he had a great six, seven games. He really did. He mm-hmm. he lit it up. He totally lit it up and looked amazing. Um, I think it will be one of those things where he is going to need to get to 25 plus. You're going to need multiple games of like three plus touchdown passes. Does he get those opportunities to do that? Um, does someone regularly break off big runs on on passes or do we put it down the field multiple times a game where it's just like unleashing a pass and Keegan Johnson is he someone that is going to just take the top off the defense I don't know if K-State has the ball outside of the three yard line and it's not third down Will Howard's going to be given an opportunity to score on a pass like he did, I can't remember what down it was, but when he threw that touchdown to Deuce against Oklahoma State, mm-hmm. where it was like threading the needle and Deuce dove for it and yeah, caught it. that was awesome. That was Hell awesome. Hell of a play call. That was but awesome. But it had to be executed perfectly. Right. I hope, I hope, <laughs> I, I wish and hope and with everything in my heart, I just see a fantastic 19 touchdown season, which would be just amazing. All right, we got to take a break. I hope you're more optimistic about your Mount Rushmore tight ends. <laughs> DJ's uh, DG D, DJ DG is going to give <laughs> us his top four uh, tight ends up next. Interesting uh, point from Deej during the break as we were talking K-State, Missouri. Uh, boy, that came up yesterday as well. Why drink wits? What a what a stooge <laughs> that guy is. But you'd seen somewhere that K-State is like an really early underdog yeah, heading I, into Columbia. Yeah, I saw um, the prognosticators. A couple of them have said that K-State's an early road dog against Mizzou. And I go, who do they have? I, I don't really... Middle Tennessee is their is their group of five non-con. They were eight and five last year in Conference USA. Won their bowl game against San Diego State. They're they're good. They're a good poinsettia bowl oh, or Cheez Its bowl. I forgot about that. They went to Miami last year and won and beat them. That's yeah. right. They won by two scores. That's forgot right. Forgot about that. They smoked them. Tells That's you how bad Miami is. Man, 
But they also lost at James Madison. James Madison's decent. Pretty good. They rolled him, as a matter of fact. Um, and then Mizzou opened up the season against the team Casey uh, blinked last year in, in game number one in South Dakota. Mm-hmm. The Coyotes heading to Columbia. It just – I don't see us as a dog in that game. I mean, that's like – if right. anything, that's even money. Give me a break. Man. I don't know. With your skepticism uh, in the last <laughs> segment, I'm surprised you don't have K-State – Going six and six. We're this going zero and twelve this year, according to D. Called Will Howard a bum. And no, 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 <laughs> no. Called Phil Brooks. I CM did. Punk. You called him a I jabroni. Know. I did, and you know what? I'd take. I mean, I, Phil Brooks, amazing. He had a hell of a point last year. He's had the worst luck of having a big pass play get tackled at the one yard line. Oh no! If that didn't happen last year, as, my, as with threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, you know, because happened a couple of times. He probably would have had seven touchdowns Jeez. last year instead of four. He is uh, he's a great football player, and I'm I'm happy to have him back for this, his eighth year of eligibility. That's uh, really great. All right, so I've been looking forward to this. I, I love the um, you know the nostalgic mind of DG when it comes to K State sports, football, men's basketball, and we talked tight ends. We talked a lot of Ben Sinnott on Monday. Just me and him going back and forth about the potential of Ben just having a monster year in 2023. And then you brought up, like, Mount Rushmore. Yeah. I was like, and then that got the wheels turning. I was like, oh, who would I put on that? And I was like, Deej, I need you to get me a tight end Mount Rushmore for K-State. And and I was happy to do it. This is fun stuff uh, until you're like, oh, my God, we've been playing football for a long time. There's a lot of good football <laughs> players. <laughs> and you start moving pieces around. Quick shout out to at the K State fan on Twitter. He he put he compiled the like top two hundred K State football players of all time. Like amazing, amazing, really fantastic database. Also Heartland College Sports. Those guys, man, um, a lot of stats. I love the shout outs. Yeah, dude. I I, I just want to say because it's going to look eerily similar to theirs. Citing sources. Absolutely, man. I you know it's so funny. Just looking at the stat, like actually putting pen to paper and writing these down, uh, there are quite the careers that some of these guys have put together. I mean, f- really fantastic. And so 
One also, trivia question, it's only four guys on Mount Rushmore, right? Yes. It's only four. Yes. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So... I was hoping for a little bit longer of an awkward silence there, but <laughs> I'm going to put seventeen yeah. guys. Troy Belgia. <laughs> I'm going to put nine guys on my uh, remote. No, I'm going four, and this was tough. Um, I'm going to go ahead and list the four, and then I do want to shout out. I have another four that just like an honorable mention. Uh, I like it. Definitely in the conversation. Okay. Uh, number one, Henry Childs. Easy. Henry Childs played in the '70s for Vince Gibson, mm-hmm. and. Three-year letter winner, 95 catches, uh, 1365 as far as yards go, and 10 touchdowns all time. Troy used to go watch him play. Stop it. <laughs> it wasn't that long ago. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> That's a 95 catches, 1365, and 10 is as the kids say these days, putting in that work, son. Um, that's a ton. And to think about like the era that he played in the game, and then you think about how it, Vince Gibson's teams were were more competitive, but still, wouldn't you think anybody that played K-State would be like, Childs ain't getting no yards. <laughs> that's all they got, guys. And he still goes out there and gets 95 catches for a career, mm. ends up – Playing in the NFL for a long time. He's in the Saints Hall of Fame. Yes, he is. This dude, and uh, he did pass away. Uh, RIP to him. He is, dude, was a stud, is a stud. Amazing. Those are amazing stats. Uh, my next guy, Russ Campbell, another guy that um, Bill Snyder inherited him. 67 yeah. catches, 1,150 uh, 1, yards receiving, two touchdowns. But still, he is like when you draw up a tight end, it looks like Russ Campbell. <laughs> like this guy, he, he fit what Bill Snyder wanted to do with that offense so very well. I think that Bill Snyder was like, yes. <laughs> when he saw him, he was like, oh my god, yes, yes. I mean, that's a ton. Russ Campbell must have got caught at the one yard line a few times of only getting two touchdowns. Sixty seven catches is a lot. That's a lot. It's no, you know, ninety five, but it's still a ton. He's on there. Um, Justin Swift, forty two catches, six hundred and ninety seven yards, and six TDs. He is a quintessential guy. I think when I think of tight ends, it's Justin Swift and also Shadmeyer, just because Shadmeyer played forever and he was really solid. Uh, but Justin Swift, big dude, capable catcher, also could block. He is that guy. When I think K-State tight ends, I always think about Justin Swift. He also had a bit of an NFL career there as well. He played 49ers and Broncos for mm-hmm. a little bit. He mm-hmm. was the man. He was so cool, and he was huge. When I was a kid, I was like, I'm going to be Justin Swift. Uh, not quite. Uh, and number four, Jaron Mastrud. Now these are the this is 106 catches 1219 as far as yards go and 3 TDs. Wish he would have got some more TDs. 106 catches is still the record for for tight ends at K-State. Um and then of course he went on to play in the NFL as well. I thought he I know he played at Miami. I thought maybe he played at Tampa for a little bit or maybe even the Broncos as well, but either way still what a fantastic career he put together. And he was one of those he, – he was in that era of where we're like 
looking for good things. And he was a good thing for Well, he was a Ron Prince guy. He was. And, you know, Ron, had, he, he picked some pretty decent guys through, you know, like, <laughs> I know you don't want to talk too well about the guy, but uh, Jaron Mastrude was a stud from the minute he was on campus. Uh, my four that I had to leave off, Paul Kaufman. Heard of him. Mm-hmm. Carson Kaufman's yep, dad. Yep, yep. Check this out. 47, 685, and four touchdowns. That's almost identical to Justin Swift's career. And Paul Kaufman, by all accounts, total stud. Like, absolute stud. People um, a little bit older, from like an older era, would say he's definitely on this list. Take Justin Swift off, which I would have no problem with somebody doing that. I totally understand. Justin Swift is kind of my guy I like to throw in there. But in six TDs, that's, that's pretty good. Uh, Travis Tannehill sure. is another guy you have to you have to put him in the conversation. Um, big body dude could could catch could block was a good ambassador to a K State guy uh, team player big time Travis Tannehill for sure former stud. former uh, kind of like uh, guest host on this show that's right for a while because he used to work here that's right I forgot about that. He uh, for okay. Well, he goes on and uh, would take off Henry Childs. No. <laughs> Shad Meyer gets a, a and like I said for the just for the fact that he when, when he would be in formation he would stand with his hands on his hips. <laughs> K State tight ends yeah, did yeah, that for yeah, a little while, yeah. and that was a Shad Meyer thing. And he looked nobody looked better with the blonde locks standing there like Superman. At the end of the line, I loved it. I wish they would do it again. Uh, I want to ask Coach Snyder, like, what was that? And I'm sure he's answered that 50,000 times. So he'd probably be like, oh, shut up. But but not in a long time. Not in a long time. I want to see that again. And Brian. You know what? I might ask Eric Wolford that question. Do it. I, w- I want to know. I think he might have an answer for that. I want to know because I want to know if they made fun of people. <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, my God. Uh, and Brian Casey. Man, Big 12 champ. Big 12 champion and a guy that was just like always there making a big catch when we really needed to move the ball. He shone during that uh, Big 12 championship game as well. He was the man. Uh, Zach Trujillo gets a shout out too. Um, But yeah, that's my Mount Rushmore. It doesn't look hardly any different than (laughs) what anybody else has done. Because I think there's a clear cut three. Yes. And then the, the fourth is where you go, hey. Ben Sinnott, if he has another big year this year, I think even with where he lines up sometimes, he's still listed as a tight end. He still primarily plays tight end. And if he has another big one, he is right in the mix for this conversation. I mean, he's really talented. I think last year, I, I, I saw the numbers somewhere. He did line up as a tight end most often. Yeah. Then a fullback or as like a slot receiver. And, of course, expect that this year. Though, in the preseason Big 12 team, he's listed as a fullback. I think K-State, uh, is there anybody else that I'm forgetting in the Big 12 that still plays a fullback? But we're going away from that. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't think I don't think uh, there's much room in the playbook anymore for a fullback. But he is somebody um, – I would love to see them do that, move him all over the place. Like, keep him – moved around to find those matchups that he is going to exploit because I think you have to keep those double teams off of him. you got to keep him from getting chipped off the line. This guy, if he has another big one, oh boy, he has a case for that Mount Rushmore. 
One quick question, which, by the way, I do not disagree with a single thing that you just listed. I think that's perfect. Um, and I, I agree with you. Like, Zach Trujillo is just like – I think he's just in the – he's also in the argument for, like, the honorable mention he's for sure. right there, Right there, man. He's right there. Um, do you guys kind of miss the fullback for K-State? I mean, I'm talking, like, 2015 to 2020, Baby Gronk, Winston Dimmel. Like the way they were used in the offense. So I'm like a guy. I remember like Yano Lazatek was like a fullback. I remember him. Um, Winston Dimmel scored like a thousand touchdowns. <laughs> I don't know how many he ended yeah. up with, but he scored so many. I do. I miss the like offset eye kind of offense. Um, it stinks because playing like when I played, uh, fullbacks were always cool. <laughs> they were always cool guys right. and a little nutty. And so you got along with them really good, and they were always super smart or not so smart, but tough, always tough. And, yeah, I missed the fullback in the game. You know, like a guy like Lorenzo Neal. You remember Lorenzo Neal? Mm -hmm. He blocked for like 5,000-yard rushers or whatever. Every guy he blocked for is in the NFL Hall of Fame, and he was just nasty. It gets back to even where the frustration is, and and I brought it into sports this morning, talking about where the running backs are frustrated at the NFL level right now because of the fact that you've got some of the biggest names can't even get long-term contracts. Mm -hmm. Saquon Barkley and uh, and you have thrown in there Tony Pollard, of course, but he signed his tender, uh, Josh Jacobs, out at uh, at Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. You get those guys... Uh, you know, two of the three don't have contracts right now. They didn't sign their tenders and couldn't get long-term deals. Mm-hmm. So what the, does the season hold? Saquon's talking that he may sit out, but the game has shifted so much that just running backs are seen as expendable before you even think about getting to a fullback. But the the stat that stood out to me out of that mix, three in the last 15 years, have had 1,000-yard rushers. Three Super Bowl winners in the last 15 years have had 1,000-yard rushers. The previous 15 Super Bowl winners, 11 of them did. I couldn't believe when you said when – when I heard that stat um, right before I got back on the air, and I was floored when I yeah. heard that. Yeah. Three out of the last 15 mm-hmm. Super Bowl winners had 1,000-yard rushers, and the rest – it was a running back by committee. Right. I mean – the, the Buccaneers had playoff Lenny and then like um, 14 guys that I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know who. I, I couldn't tell you who the other guys were. Um, the Chiefs are another example. Like Isaiah Pacheco is is fantastic. He is really good, but he's not the focal point of the no. offense at all. And it just stinks for NFL running backs. They take a beating, man. Mm-hmm. They take a beating. And, and if anything the NFL owners have learned, it's that if I have a big investment, I don't want him getting hit at all. That's why I think the rules regarding quarterbacks have gotten so wonky because these owners are putting the pressure and saying, I'm give, I'm handing over like $30 bucks to this guy. I don't want him getting slammed on the ground. Like you watch NFL films from the 80s and 90s, I mean, even before, 
60s and 70s, it is brutal. It looks like the UFC sometimes. These guys are like <laughs> tombstone pile driving people. And the NFL owners are like, no, 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 no. You breathe on a guy and they call a penalty. It's just the way of the game. But running backs, they don't have, they cannot have that kind of protection. And those guys, it what stinks is they, they break down. They yep. just break down. Yep. And those guys, I understand what their their problem with it, but it's like if you just look at it cold, black and white, by the book, not a lot of guys stay healthy and stay long careers. Like Adrian Peterson is a guy. Frank yeah. Gore is another. That's two out of every running back that's played since yeah. like 1985. I mean, it's not a long career, and you just don't want to hand a lot of guaranteed money to a guy that you're like. Once they hit 28, 29, it's, they're hitting the sunset of their careers. On that, let's take a break. We're going to take one more break, and we'll wrap up the show with the number one song of the day and squeeze in some Ask Us Anything after a quick break after these words. DG, it is your floor as of right now. Uh, would you rather, for Would You Rather Wednesday, would you rather come face-to-face with a ghost or an alien? That's easy. Ghost. Hmm. Aliens unpredictable we don't know a whole lot about them we're pretty sure they're out there yeah you'd have to admit that they actually exist mm. sci-fi movies i think there's something out there i think they're definitely there has to be well what's star trek all about then troy yeah all the sci-fi <laughs> stuff seems like plenty of evidence to me they yeah. probably knew something uh, you know there's that thing called phi in that as fiction oh well there's also area 51 you know there's something there got him I, uh, somebody on K-Rock said the funniest thing. They're like, I would say alien because a ghost, to get him, set him free, you have to like help him. And he's like, I don't have time for all of it. <laughs> 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 so funny. <laughs> Especially like if the ghost is from like the 1800s, you're like, dude, I can't help you. Yeah. I don't know anybody you knew back then. Sorry. You're going to be haunting this world forever. But I'm saying aliens. I'm going aliens because you can kill an alien. You can't kill a ghost. Whoa. So. A surprising number of people said but that. But an alien can kill you. A ghost most likely can't. I don't know, man. If Unless ghosts were real, then ghosts. possession would be. Whoa, they would just possess you. Mm-hmm. Ooh, coming in. And then know. aliens are putting stuff up your butt. I mean, <laughs> pros and cons, guys. Okay, pros and guys. cons. Yeah, th- there's a no win to that. <laughs> we got to go. Go cats. We're back tomorrow.